You are listening to Difficult Conversations with Judith, a podcast that is dedicated to starting conversations that will disrupt the status quo of silence and indifference, and a platform to encourage us to talk about topics that have been tagged taboo. I'm your host, Judith. Enjoy. of difficult conversations with Judith. Okay, it's Mental Health Awareness Week. So I decided to center my discussion on this episode around mental health conditions with specific focus on postpartum depression and postpartum blues, which I have personal experience dealing with. Before I go into the episode properly, I like to tell you guys a little story when I was in primary school my mom used to tell me to sit away from the television that should not sit too close to the TV because it was bad for my eye I didn't listen to my mom for some reason I just didn't take that advice and I'm not a stubborn person I don't think I'm a stubborn person but for some weird reason I didn't listen to her in class I noticed that the things my classmates could see sitting from behind, I couldn't sit in the same place and see those things on the board. I had to sit in front of the class to be able to visually assess the blackboard. I refused to tell my parents, even when I knew something was wrong with my eye. I decided, I'll just keep sitting in front and then I'll be fine. It was obviously working for me until my second year in secondary school where the teacher told my dad I was failing mathematics and if you know my background you know that it is a taboo in our house to fail mathematics so the teacher told my dad I was failing mathematics and that um, unfortunately he doesn't think that it was a case of me not knowing how to solve the problems he told my dad that I was solving for the wrong figures. So let me try and explain what that, mean, that, that meant. Say a sum is given and the sum has figure 3 in it. Instead of solving for 3, I was solving for 8. Because that was what my eye was seeing from the board. He also told my dad that he thinks that I may be you know, having some visual deficiencies. My dad took me to the eye clinic where my eye was checked and I officially got the diagnosis that I had myopia. For those people that don't know what myopia is, so it's basically short-sightedness. I couldn't see things from a far distance. I had to, you know, I had to place the item in focus very close to my eye to be able to assess it. The reason why I'm telling this story is because Ordinarily, what I should do is define what mental health illness is, but because it's it's so broad and there is no one definition that can cover the ambit of what mental health. The same way I realized that my eyes were not functioning at its best and needed support in the form of a pair of glasses 
It's the same way our minds can be ill or weak and even tired, you know, and just need support. Sometimes in the form of therapy, medication, or just simply talking to somebody. And the same way I initially did not tell my parents about my eye problem because of of the fear of what they would say, it's the same way people refuse to talk about their ill minds. Unfortunately, this can lead to dire symptoms like self-harm and suicide. You know, just like the way not treating, assuming I didn't treat my eye, what what would be the repercussion of that would be something as severe as glaucoma. I think that if we approach mental health illness like any other illness that would need the doctor, we would stop treating people in our societies who suffer from one mental illness or the other like pariahs. I'll be telling you why I think new moms are not talking about postpartum depression. First, I think is because they feel guilty. Now, we're told that we're supposed to feel a certain way when we have a baby. On television and in magazines, motherhood is shown to be this exciting and blissful period for a new mom and her baby. Worse is how social media has portrayed it these days, you know, making us believe that there's a certain way new moms are supposed to behave. All of these illustrations make the woman feel hopefully crazy amount, feel a hopefully crazy amount of guilt for not feeling that same way. The second, I think, is feeling that something is wrong with them. So when I had my my child, it was talking about it now it just takes me back to how I struggled. So when I had my child, it was a difficult but there were loads of complications at birth. We had to, you know, they had to resuscitate him, put him on ventilator, loads of support for him to be able to breathe on his own. I'm going to be posting a lot because talking about it just, you know, I, I don't know. Anyways, so um, taking him from the theater, I wasn't sure if he was going to be fine. In fact, I wasn't sure if he was alive at the time. And I kept asking my partner if he was okay. And I think he was trying to reassure me, but because I know that the normal thing to happen is you, you have a child, and they give your baby to you. They hand your baby to you for the first one-to-one contact. And it didn't happen that way for me. So I knew something was wrong. And then there was a lot of running around. I was... I wasn't under. I was awake. But I was heavily dosed. So there was no pain. But I, I was alert. I was able to 
you know, understand a bit of what was happening around me. So I noticed that there was a lot of, you know, walking up and down calls were being made. I knew something was wrong. So I asked my partner and he said, everything's fine. But I knew, I knew he wasn't okay. However, I was hopeful until the doctor told me that he is not breathing on his own and unfortunately they'll need to move him to another hospital where he's better taken care of. Now be mindful I had a caesarean section. I was a- I was only able to see my baby as the um, as the ambulance doctors were taking were moving him I don't know what they call them they're moving him from the hospital where I had him to the new place where they were taking him to anyways at the time I didn't I wasn't interested in how I was feeling or the pains I was feeling I, I, I remember shivering but I didn't care about myself at that time. I just wanted to see my son. So I asked, I requested that I be moved to the hospital where they were taking him. You know, the maternity, the maternity ward where, um, close to where he was being taken. The nurses, the midwives were telling me that it was risky because I just, I barely had a baby and just, a little over an hour and I was requesting to move I told them I'm fine to move I just want to you know be close to my son and they they accepted and then they moved me imagine moving having to stand up after having a cesarean section two hours before having to stand up and move you know keep moving until I was it I was taken into the vehicle that transported me to my new location and then on getting to the hospital I told the nurses that it was crazy you know I told the nurses there that I need to see my baby and they said no they need to settle me in and all that I threw a tantrum god help me I, I, I threw a tantrum and finally they said okay that they need to I'll need to eat first and they need to be sure that I'm strong enough to be on a wheelchair and be moved around I know all of that I wasn't interested all I needed was just let me see my boy at the end of my stay in the hospital I was told that they were going to discharge me but my son was still going to stay there it was at that point that my body gave my body my body gave in I wasn't feeling any pain before then but at the time when they told me that I'd have to leave my child in the hospital and go home I broke down I told them I was in pain Caesarean section area was hurting me and they're like how is it that 72 hours after you're feeling the pain you're supposed to feel (laughs) 
you know when you had the baby and I just told him that I'm in pain that I needed to stay longer but they refused and then they discharged me when I went home and people started calling me asking me how I am how's my baby I kept it very strong facade and I was telling oh I'm fine I'm fine when they asked to come and see us, I said, oh, that we're just settling in, that I'll let them know when, you know, I was okay to, to entertain visitors. At this point, I was, I was in darkness. At this point, I was, I wasn't, I wasn't fine. And I was hiding, I was hiding away. When I, what, what I mean by I was hiding away is that I was, couldn't even let my partner know what was happening with me. So I'll, I'll look strong and fine, I'll go see my boy in the hospital, I'll come back home. When everybody's sleeping, I'll break down. This when I was so I was in tears. I felt unworthy. I, I felt like I, the reason why my baby was in the hospital and I was at home was because of something I didn't do right. Something I must have done whilst I was pregnant that caused the situation. It was later I realized that was not my fault was was nothing I did wrong or right that caused the situation but at the time I felt unworthy to be a mother the third reason I think people new moms do not talk about postpartum depression is that think people will assume that they do not love their baby so imagine I walk up to you and tell you that I'm feeling some kind of way I'm not so excited about having a baby or I'm not sick no not not that I'm not excited about having a baby I'm not excited about being a new mom and that I don't have that much like I'm not feeling that much excited about welcoming my new baby the first thing that will go through your mind is is she saying she does not care for her baby she's saying that she doesn't love her baby that's the reason why a lot of new moms don't talk about how they feel after childbirth another reason is that they do not want to be labeled I could be battling postpartum blues. I didn't tell anyone. Like I said earlier, and I didn't even tell my partner. I kept a bold face and I held it in until it was just me and sometimes my baby at night. This is even after he had come back home. You know, at night, whilst everyone was asleep, I'll just break down. So 
because I didn't want I didn't want to be labeled as somebody who was suffering from a mental health illness. Now, unfortunately, this label exists because of the stigmatization our society has created around it. Still, when I was in the throes of feeling low, shame still existed. The last reason why I think new moms don't talk about postpartum depression is that they are afraid of being judged we are made to feel weak and unworthy of motherhood if we do not meet the standards that society has set and this is the worst thing that can happen and i think it is unfair that a new mother should hide in darkness when their minds are suffering No one should be made to feel weak or ashamed or unfit. Nobody, not you, not me. So please share your stories and talk about how you're feeling. Even if it's your friend, it doesn't have to be family if you don't want to talk about it with your family. So even if it's your friend, talk to somebody about it. And talk to somebody who can genuinely help you. I I think that if we keep talking and talking and talking about postpartum depression or postpartum blues it will be normalized and there's something I also wanted something I wanted to mention I was trying to do some research to find out figures of um, postpartum depression rates in Africa and I couldn't I couldn't get any recent figure Unfortunately, I think it's because this is a topic that people don't talk about, people shy away from, and there is not enough help for people who even are suffering from it, who are obviously suffering from it. So like I said earlier on, let's talk about it, let's normalize this topic so that people can get help as needed. The same way I realized that my eyes were not functioning at its best and needed support in the form of a pair of glasses, is the same way our minds can be ill or weak and even tired, you know, and just need support. Sometimes in the form of therapy, medication, or just simply talking to somebody. And the same way I initially did not tell my parents about my eye problem because of, what, of the fear of what they would say. It's the same way people refuse to talk about their ill minds. Unfortunately, this can lead to dire symptoms like self-harm and suicide. You know, just like the way not treating, assuming I didn't treat my eye, what what would be the repercussion of that would be something as severe as glaucoma. I think that if we approach mental health illness, like any other illness that we need the doctor we would stop treating people in our societies who suffer from one mental illness or the other like pariahs
That wraps up this episode of Difficult Conversations with Judith. Thanks for the support you guys have shown so far. However, it doesn't have to stop here. Subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. If you like what you hear, share it to your friends and family. It only takes a moment. It helps us get found by your network. Also, you can be a guest on this show by leaving a voice note on the podcast. Join us next Wednesday as we will be having another difficult conversation with Judith.